been working on this beard for a while now, and it's yeah. I noticed when you like right there at your soul patch. Mm-hmm. That's really long. Yeah, I, sh- I think I should probably. Are you supposed to trim that? I just want to make it into like a ponytail. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, just wrap it right up. Okay. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Caroline comes in and joins us here in a minute, just because it's she's, bedtime. It's bedtime, and it's snowing outside. Yes. What kid wouldn't want to? So we're all hyped up about oh that. Oh my gosh, she's. You think she'd had a cup of coffee the way she's bouncing around? Yeah, right. Like a squirrel on acid. She keeps going to the door and looking outside or going to the window. <laughs> Mom, can I go touch it? Uh, every five seconds, it seems like. So it's like freezing in the house now because we yes. <laughs> have to keep open the doors. And it's not exactly warm in here to start with. True. So. But that's all right. Nothing a fluffy house coat and house shoes can't fix. I wish I had some house shoes right now. I am definitely jealous of your, uh, what are those loafers? Sure. They've got a back on them. That's pretty cool. I like those. It's like a cross between a moccasin and a loafer. Mm-hmm. They're a uh, earth spirit. Earth spirit. Well, I couldn't even say, now I can't even say it because I'm trying to say it. Wow. I could never say moccasin when oh. I was a kid. Like it was, the, I would say massassin. Mossican. And mossican. That's the two that I would say. And and now I've messed myself up. I want to continually call well, it. Well, when I was younger and learning to read, I was reading these one books and they had mentioned it was an old-timey book, and they had mentioned that someone had stole the LaCroix off the train. <laughs> and I, me and my friend kept talking about, what's LaCroix? Like, because we were reading the same books at the same time, and kept talking and talking. Well, her mom's an English teacher, uh-huh. and she overheard us, and she, like, dies cackling, laughing. Uh-huh. And she's like, it's not LaCroix, it's liquor. <laughs> We sounded it out phonetically. You did. LaCroix. So, I did the same thing with, uh, I was telling the story that I read in a wildfowl magazine to my dad while we were duck hunting. Mm-hmm. And the I guess the, the punchline of the story was talking about a punny duck. <laughs> and he said, oh, what? I said, yeah, it was, they, they shot it and turns out it was just this punny duck. And he goes, you mean puny? <laughs> <laughs> But I, I do, even as an adult, I do that. Like I'll read stuff and it'll lock in my head that that's the way it sounds out. Like right now there's this microphone thing over here and it's called Focusrite. And in my head, I had read it weird and I was I was calling it <laughs> Focusrite. <laughs> and I said that to my brother Kyle, who's also, you know, an audio guy. And he just bust out laughing. I was like, what? Because I just randomly locked this word in. Like I just popped it. Rock and roll. Don't have time to really mess with this. Right. And here we are. So kind of like um, Prado versus Prado. Mm. Mm-hmm. We've been correct. We got a lot of that. flack on that one, huh? I've heard it both, both ways. Um, but apparently to the Australians, it's Prado, which even if they were saying Prado would probably sound like Prado. Prado. So there you go. So how do they say the, well, you know, the that expensive designer Prada? Prada? I don't know. Probably the same way. Prada. 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 Prada, mate. Well, it's pronounced Prada. Okay. Prada. Prada. It's Prado. There we go. Okay. All right. So now that we've got that squared away, the beauty of it was, is we got a lot of comments. And if you are a YouTuber, mm-hmm. you want to get as many comments as you can because it boosts to any algorithm. That's why right. I'm always like, hey guys, leave a comment or hit that like button. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, this is a little secret for you podcast listeners, I'll intentionally do something wrong. 
because I know, I know the grammar Nazis are out there and the fact checkers are out there and the armchair experts are out there. So if, if I just can drop one little thing and it's guaranteed to get me 10, a dozen comments mm-hmm. just on that one little thing. So if you ever start YouTube and just drop one of those in there, it's interesting to see people get involved. Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad idea, huh? Uh, it works for me. So three to eight inches are predicted tonight. I know. That's unreal. I'm talking about the snow. Oh, wow. I thought I should clarify that. Should I clarify that? Well, you just did, so it's fine. Okay. Do I need to cut that out? I mean. That's a true, that's what she said moment, though. You know something I just realized? Like these these little soul patch hairs? They're perfect for letting me... Know how close you are? Know how close I am to the mic. Mm. It's it's a mic gauge. Wow. A micrometer. <gasps> wow. We're, we're, yeah, we're there, folks. You're this so is, advanced. This is professional podcasting right here. We're so committed. We grow How am I supposed life. to know if I'm close enough? Because you got my your one chin whisker, hair. <laughs> <laughs> my lip whisker or my chin hair. Yeah, we've discussed your chin hairs before, so... Yeah. Well, on my video, I talk about a lip whisker that keeps them poked up my lip. <laughs> Remember? Uh-huh, I do. In the outtakes? That's right. So three to eight inches of snow predicted tonight. I'm so freaking excited. Well, let, let's back up. Two weeks ago, uh-huh. they were predicting snow Right. on a Wednesday. Yeah. We all wake up Wednesday morning, right. and it's like sunny, and there's not a stitch not on the ground. The bluebirds are singing. I mean, I don't even think it like rained. No, it was just your typical weatherman you know he, he was doing what i do like with youtube he was just throwing out some false facts so people would keep watching and commenting and mm. boosted the algorithms yeah yeah but weatherman wasn't lying this time no it's coming down out there and it's it's supposed to get even crazier um about 11 o'clock tonight mm-hmm. so yeah pretty exciting so excited to get out and play in it sorry i had to burp you had to burp yeah Are you better now yep. okay we can continue okay all right Snow stories. Mm. Best snow story. Go. So we, uh, where we lived growing up, we grew up on 10 acres and we had a pond, but it's literally down in this little valley because our, our property was pretty sloping. We had found these old wooden skis in the back barn. The steepest hill <laughs> slopes down to the pond. And you just knew that you would hopefully stop before you got to the pond and or you would just bail. So we had gotten our sleds, trash can lids, you know, the classic, find what you can find that's mm-hmm. flat and you can slide down. Well, we went and got these um, these uh, skis mm-hmm. and they weighed a ton and we proceeded to all take turns. Like this is like my three siblings, cousins are all there. like. Right big one big happy family session right, right? no no grown-ups no of parents. course no we you know no this was the day and age where like parents did not go out and play with their kids right you, okay? came, you came back on the stretcher if you came back at all yeah right and that was usually because like your cousin or your brother was carrying you right. back mm-hmm. um you you didn't go get mom you brought the ailed person to mom sure so we had everyone had taken turns and so we were packing down the snow pretty good you know because that starts to happen mm-hmm and um, my turn. So I wanted to try the skis. And so we had decided that we were all going to try and snowboard on the skis, right? right. So one person at a time. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right, it's my turn. I'm going to try and snowboard on the skis. So I 
somehow position my foot into it and start heading down there, basically squatting the whole way. I'm not standing up. I don't look cool. And so I start going down, realizing I'm I'm going I'm going pretty fast. And everyone's like, yeah, go. Well, my foot gets stuck in where only one foot is supposed to go for (laughs) for skiing, you Uh know, Uh and um, I didn't make it. And mm. so went right into the pond. Oh gosh! And luckily, I didn't get. It wasn't like it was pretty frozen. Uh-huh. So like you just kind of, I just kind of like stopped and like cracked Stuck into it, into you know? It. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I had to go and change my pants and my shoes so. <laughs> for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I remember the classic like mom saved bread bags in the winter time so that we could put them over our socks and then into our boots. So that when we went out to play in the snow, um, your socks didn't get wet. Right. Did your mom do that? Uh, we actually, we would usually have snow boots if they fit. You know, usually you'd have them for like three years. And that third year, you were just pounding your feet into them to get them on. Um, but we had, had snow boots Well, we had like muck boots or rubber boots. But yeah. your snow still got down in there. Right. But if you were visiting like a friend's house and it snowed, yeah, all the bread bags came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just rubber bands. All that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it took. Mm-hmm. Well, my story is is again related to to sledding, but we actually had a sled for this, and we lived just on the outskirts of this massive farm, and they had these huge fields with these huge rolling hills. So me and my sister, she was about three years younger than me, and we went out there during the blizzard of '93. And if anybody remembers a blizzard '93, it was insane. Like we were going through like five, six foot snow drifts. Um, trying to get our way out there into this field. And it was a few days after it, everything kind of melted a little bit. Right. So there's a bit of a crust and we could get over some of it. And we worked our way up this hill. It literally like, we it would take us about 15 minutes to hike up this hill in this deep snow. And then we'd get in and we'd sled down. Of course, you know, it takes several times to compress that much snow to get you a little bit of a run right. going. And so we worked all day on that thing and finally got us a nice little run. And, finally, and then it was like... This is kind of boring. Let's spice things up a bit. So I built a ramp. Out of snow? Out of snow. Okay. Yeah. So I spent another hour just building this like four foot tall, five foot tall ramp. Mm-hmm. And so we work way back up to the top of the hill and she's riding with me. So I get in and she sits in my lap and we're probably, I'm probably about, I don't know, 10 and she's about seven, something like that. And we take off down this hill when I say a big hill, I'm saying that we're we're talking a length of about a quarter to a half mile. I mean, it was just, just ridiculous at about a 45-degree angle coming off this thing. And we're picking up some serious speed. And I over-calculated just how much speed we could pick up at this point. And we hit this ramp. And I it wasn't a gentle slope. I hadn't really, you know, been to engineering <laughs> school or anything. <laughs> and basically, it launched us. Mostly launching her straight forward out of my lap. Oh. And she lands face first in the snow. And then I land on top of her with the sled. Oh. <laughs> Drive her face in the was snow. Was this like a plastic sled or yeah, was, it was it like one no, of those no. Blade Runner sleds? Oh, no. It was, a, it was a plastic sled. Okay. It was a plastic sled. And just pile drived her into the snow and then just like kept on sliding down. <laughs> oh. oh, she was so mad. So, so, so technically, mad. actually, I just did some math for you. Okay. Some fast math. Oh. Uh, so Blizzard of 93, you were actually 12 or 13. Maybe I was. Okay. Yeah. That would account for the extra weight then. 
Ouch. Man, it was it was crazy. We had some fun times during the blizzard. Did you have a blade? Did you have you ever had a blade runner sled? A toboggan? No. Isn't that what they call a toboggan? Is when it has runners? No, ours was like a classic. It had the boards and then it had the iron blades on it and it said in red writing blade runner okay but we had to ask permission for that one mm-hmm. because it would tear up the fields oh boy oh boy yeah you don't want to tear up the fields. it's funny how dads get particular about that sometimes kind of like when you drove the gx through my dad's fields recently oh did he say something no he didn't but no. i know he probably saw the video yeah <laughs> We stayed on the perimeter. <laughs> we we stayed on the perimeter. That's always important. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, geez. Well, I'll tell you what we need to do. It's quite chilly tonight, and it's time to stoke up this campfire. So, um, yeah, let me grab a few logs here. Oh, we're going to have some coals going, so let's just get this kind of... There we go. Right, right like that. Oh, that's much better. Got some good oak tonight, too. It's mm. really dry. Smells so good. Oh, man. Burns pretty clear, too. There's not, like, a, a lot of smoke that you get from, you know, just old musty firewood. This is this is legit. This is premium, premium firewood right here. You're really feeding into the bit, huh? I'm really. Well, see, people have asked for more campfire. It's kind of like cowbell. They want more campfire. Okay. So we're going to extend the campfire sound just a little bit longer so you may enjoy the experience just slightly more. Welcome to our campfire. I know. I was like, you got a little too sultry on that one, bub. Tone oh, it down. Is it? I'm sorry. Easy, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome, travelers, overlanders, weekend warriors, and daily commuters to Campfire Confessions. We are your hosts, Kevin and Sarah McHouston of Lifestyle Overland, a husband and wife duo who travels North America and the world with our daughter, Caroline. This podcast, or Fireside Chat, is about us, our travels, our stories, and lessons learned while living a lifestyle a bit outside the ordinary. We want to take a moment to thank the sponsors of this show. That's right. These are the folks who keep the wind in our sails, our patrons. These fine folks are listeners, subscribers, and followers like yourself who keep the fuel coming and the adventure rolling. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts to all those who contribute to this incredible adventure. Man, I just cannot wait to get out in the snow in the GX tomorrow. It'll be fun. Huh? I am so, so stoked right now. Yeah. It's going to be great. Well, you were kind of filling your oats tonight already with it. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. Just a little bit. Yeah. I was exciting to see that. Oh, was it? You got a little bit of a fishtail coming around the corner there. And then, um, was that a donut? What 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 was? Uh, it was a crescent moon. A crescent moon. That's kind of an all-wheel drive thing, apparently. Right. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't really want a donut. No. She She, she really, on a diet. She, <laughs> <laughs> she kind of leaned into that one just a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's such a beautiful ride, though. Thank you. So that is what we're going to talk about tonight. Yes. The GX. People have been waiting for this podcast. I know. And, man, what a ride. She's a beaut. How does it feel to finally have your own rig? It feels really good. Right now, it just feels like my own car. Okay. Because she really hasn't gone on a camping trip or overlanding trip yet. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she's done some off-roading, mm-hmm. but she's not had like a maiden voyage. Right. Uh. So I'm I'm very anxious to do that. I'm thinking spring break will be like her like... 
really get out mm-hmm. there. Yeah, because we still have some mods that we want to get done on it before we like really get after it, especially like the sliders. Like that's been yeah. And I'd really like to have a bumper and a winch. Even if I don't like maybe have the rear bumper on, like at least the bumper and the winch, depending on what we go go do for spring break. Sure. And I've even thought about, you know, like taking both rigs just so we have all that in case, you know, she's not fully built the way that that we want her at the time. But so far, so far, what all have, have we done to her? Uh, We have a new suspension, Mm -hmm. wheels and tires. How are you liking that icon suspension? Uh, it's bomb. So before it was just a stock suspension and the only way I could describe how it felt to me was very swishy. Yep. Like it just felt so swishy on the road Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel like it really took turns the way that I felt like it should or could. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was, it was kind of annoying. Yeah. It, it very soft. It very yes. very plush, luxurious right. ride. Not on the sport level no. at all. So now, man, that thing handles like a sports car. Which we experienced the same improvement when we went to the Icon on the Forerunner as well. Yeah, but I guess I don't remember it being as swishy. Really? Yeah. I just remember massive amounts of nosedive in the Forerunner. Just like before the Icon. Oh yeah, like ten inches of just like. You know, yeah, 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 and now everything's just so much more stable, so much more predictable too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely incredible. How so? We went out on a limb, or we changed things just a little bit with the KM3s. Yeah, mud tire. Yeah. How are you liking those compared to the KOs? They're definitely beefier, right? And I have a little rub, but what little bit that I've driven her like on gravel, or dirt, right. whatever, uh, I think I'm gonna like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say, when I borrowed it, quote unquote, and right. took it to Windrock, mm-hmm. you know, I've I've experienced what those KO2s are like with the Forerunner. I mean, they're capable, but man, you get a you mud packed in those treads, and you really got to use your momentum to your advantage. Like, there's not a lot of traction, like tractor kind of thing, where you have, feel in control. You're really trying to use your momentum at that point. Not the case with the KM3s. Like they were just so rock solid and could gently crawl through different things. So I <laughs> I was skeptical about them at first, but now I really want to put them on the Forerunner. Well, and I think that's what will be challenging for me is being so used to overlanding in the Forerunner that switching to the Lexus will be, I I. Th- I think it's going to be a kind of a big learning curve. Yeah. You know? It's different. Yeah. Yeah, the all-wheel drive is is definitely different. That was one thing that I noticed right out of the gate Mm -hmm. compared to the 4Runner is, you know, the 4Runner was kind of a, I don't know, more of a relaxed drive. Right. I was, that's what I was about to comment. Where the GX is, you're more engaged. You're paying more attention. So, you know, if you move the steering wheel just a little bit, it's tracking to what you're, what you're giving it. Right. But, you know, with 4Runner, it was a little bit more forgiving. There's a little more give. Yeah. Right. Now, I will say that after the upgrades and the KM3s, it doesn't do that as bad as it was before. Right. I before, would agree if that. you were in a, a road with divots and stuff, it was like all over <sighs> the place. And that could have been a bad line. And that's all the roads in New Mexico. Uh, every so single one of them. In Absolutely. Texas. Yeah. So <laughs> that's where we're at right now. But uh, I think we need to back up and kind of walk people through. Why we even went with the GX to start with? Like, we've gotten a lot of questions about. Well, I was going to ask you something. Okay. How do you feel about me having my own rig now? I am so excited. <laughs> like, 
I am ex- I'm so excited. <laughs> You're excited. Oh my goodness. Just seeing you drive that thing and, and working through the improvements and you know, when you we get out there and installed the the suspension, like you jumped in. I did. You were fully committed. I read the directions. You were I after helped it. unbox. And so that was so exciting for me to see you involved with another level of what, what we do. What we do. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm fired up. Yeah. So so fired up. So I'm excited about this podcast. Just can't wait to go through it. I know all. I can tell. <laughs> it's yeah. Like you don't know where to start. <laughs> I don't like I, I could, and, and this might be a long one, so I apologize to everyone, but it is what it is because it's probably one of the biggest things that we've done since we went full time, really. Yeah. Other than another piece of story that we're going to share in a minute. Right. So, um, good news. You might not know this. What? We're rich. <gasps> we are a filthy, stinking rich. Wow. You know how I know? How'd you know? Because we have a Lexus. <gasps> ding, 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 ding. That's it. You know, you know. I can tell when someone's loaded. Is they buy a Lexus. They buy a Lexus. Yeah. Because Lexus are expensive. And it doesn't matter if you tell them that it's used. Does not matter. It's a Lexus. You're rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's um, a definite persona that comes along with this vehicle. According to the the comments on YouTube, we're, we're rich. I, I haven't been able to find the money myself. I was like, when, when would that memo go out? <laughs> I need to I need to ask my maid. <laughs> yeah, check check well check with all the all the three different maids and and all that stuff. Barbara. <laughs> I did not get that memo. Oh jeez, it's it's funny, you know, the Lexus name is synonymous with luxurious and expensive. And I mean, they've done well for themselves. They really have. They have created their own brand and when you're a part of it, boy, that's the assumption right out of the gate is mm-hmm. Boy, you must be doing well. You know, YouTube thing's Lexus. working good for you, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, just for the record, not the case. Well, and to be honest, you know, when we've gone to expos and other things before we bought the Lexus, and I saw somebody with a Lexus mm-hmm. or a Land Cruiser, and it was had, True. you know, wheels, bumpers, all that. I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, they rich. Of course they got the money to put into that. But then once we started doing our research. Right. That was the thing that blew me away. And, and, you know, you kind of look at those vehicles and you're like, oh, those are so cool. I'd love to have one. But you almost like immediately write them off. Right. Exactly. Because you're like, oh, it's a Lexus or it's it's a 200 series Land Cruiser or it's this or it's that. Yeah, we're not going to be able to afford that. Right. But the little known secret, and I don't know how much longer it'll last, but the little known secret is that the Lexus GX, once it's got about four years on it, it is the same doggone price as a used forerunner with similar options, mm-hmm. sometimes even less. Mm-hmm. I've had people message me and be like, dude, I just found a 2014 at 40,000 miles on it and I got it for like 22K. Right. That's well, and even the difference, price differences between the 470 and the 460. Because remember, we were going back and forth for a while on that. Yeah. And, and that's really kind of where we started was with the 470. That seems to be the more common one that if it someone is. was picking a, a GX to overland in, right? Most everyone was picking the 470s. Absolutely, and and the, honestly, that's what made it hard. Um, every time I would come upon one that was even close to being a cream puff, because you want something with a bit of a history, you know, with knowing that it was well cared for, well maintained. And the other big thing was the 470 has a timing belt that has to be changed after about 120,000 miles. Mm-hmm. So you knew that that was creeping up. Even if you found one that, you know, with 90,000 miles on it or so, you knew 
you were going to invest some money into that thing fairly quickly after purchasing it. So that was kind of what steered me away from the 470s, along with the fact they were just hard to find some good examples. Right. And so, you know, the more research we did, we're like, you know what, for the long haul, let's look into the 460. And so we started doing some comparisons. And yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're more expensive because they're newer. But And they have a little bit more creature comforts than the 470 does. Marginally, yeah. A few things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they the the thing was with we knew with the four sixty that it does not have that same issue with the timing belt. We knew we could get in it and go two hundred thousand miles. Right. And so that that was um kinda what put us in the four sixty boat right out of the bat was the fact that we weren't gonna have to change that, that the timing, timing belt. belt. Mm-hmm. And so oh we searched for well really we started looking three years ago. Yeah. Or four years ago. We were looking at selling our truck at the time and getting the the 470 70. at the time mm-hmm. just to have more power to tow the trailer with mm-hmm. and yeah it just never really connected for us and you right. know that's that's water in the bridge but it's always been on our radar and so when we got to a position where we needed another rig or we needed another vehicle mm-hmm. that was top of the list right out of the right yeah. out of the get-go so once we got on the 460 train i think the one thing that like finally nailed it down was that 4.6 v8 Mm-hmm. Putting out 301 horsepower, 329 foot pounds of torque, decent jump over the Forerunner, and more so than that, it came with a six speed transmission. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Forerunner was running that five speed transmission, and it has 3.9 or 390 gearing. So right out of the box, it's a freaking tow machine. Right, you know, 6,500 pound tow rating on that guy, which is a fast jump from. The forerunner. So you add all those things up and it was, you know, if you're looking for the absolute most horsepower and towing capacity in a vehicle of that footprint, of that small forerunner Prado <laughs> footprint, um, it packs a punch. Yeah, for sure. It packs a real punch. And when you finally get in it and drive it, you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Because after we got back from Tennessee, I hopped in the forerunner. <laughs> I know. With a trailer behind it, like the next day, and I thought something was wrong with the Forerunner. I know. It's like, get up and go, man. Now, I'll be honest. Like, I've been an advocate for the Forerunner, and I still am an advocate for the Forerunner. Oh, absolutely. I have no complaints about the Forerunner. No. But we all want more power. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd love to have more power in the 460. Like, if someone made a supercharger for the 460, I'd be like, hmm, that would be kind of fun. Save our money. Um, other than the fact that it would probably degrade your reliability some, but yeah, we all want more power. Mm-hmm. So, it was a perfect fit, in my opinion. You know, at the Turtleback event that we went to just recently, mm-hmm. I actually had a couple guys ask me, I'm sure jokingly, so, how does Kevin feel about your vehicle having more power than his? Oh, boy. I'm all about it. <laughs> and I'm I was all like, about it. well, we basically vehicle share, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I know. I'm fine with that. It's not a competition. Right. And, you know, we're, we're a team in all this. Exactly. I'm excited that that one is specifically yours, but yeah, that's not a competition at all. No. I'm, I don't feel slighted in the least. Good. I love watching you pass me in that thing doing 90. <laughs> <laughs> That's sexy right there, man. Uh, then I call you, slow down. Uh-huh. Pretty much. Pretty Flash much. your lights on the horn. That's right. Yeah. So before we go any further, let's back up and talk a little bit about why we even ended up 
binary. Because there's some people that are like, well, now wait a minute. Um, what about all this other drama that's been going on? And, and why did right. you end up with another vehicle and stuff like that? So for those of you who don't know, um, when we sold out everything and started traveling full time, we sold our truck and we sold our uh, fifth wheel camper. Mm-hmm. And that left us with only the Forerunner and our Land Cruiser, which has been in storage. Right. And so it's a long-term build. Mm-hmm. It's it's drivable, but not on a daily driver basis. Right. And so when we came back from our trip, we were looking at buying an RV so that we could utilize that as a kind of a mobile base camp, something that we could live in and edit out of and range out for a couple of weeks and come back for a few days and process and, and continue on with our travels with having some semblance of home, something familiar that we could always come back to without, you know, renting um, Airbnb or something like or that. Or hotels or yeah. family and, or friends. Right. And, and if you follow us, you know that that whole deal just absolutely blew up in our face. Um, currently in a lawsuit for that. No change. Um, it's just a slow, drawn-out legal process. Well, from that, when that all went down, I went to work in New Mexico. I went mm-hmm. back to work in New Mexico as a contractor at my old facility with the whole intent of working my patootie off for as long as necessary to save up enough to pay the lawyer for yeah. a worst-case duration right? and to pay the payments on the RV until that, that plays out. And so that's exactly what we did. But the problem was is when we got here, Sarah was stuck at home. Ugh. How was that? It was terrible. I'll be totally <laughs> honest. Monday through Friday. Yeah. And you went, you were usually there from what, five to five? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So. So it was a long day of just sitting at home. And then, like, luckily Walmart does the grocery pickup. Yeah. And so I would come home, I would stop by Walmart on the way. On the way home. And do the grocery pickup thing. And so basically you... You didn't have Mm-mm. to go out except for, you know, very specific things. But then we decided at that point, hey, we're going to be in New Mexico for several months. You almost have all your credits necessary for an associate's degree. Mm-hmm. On top of the fact we realized, boy, if something happened to me, like this whole RV thing was just like a wake-up call. If something happened to me and you needed to fend for yourself and Caroline financially financially you needed some kind of way to do that some type some type of, of skill set right. and so we decided strategically as a family hey let's get you back in school mm-hmm. and uh, that's when you decided to go get your cosmetology license license and, and associates. so yeah and so at that point it was like we need two cars <laughs> we need another another vehicle there's no way this is all going to work out no and so we had hoped so here's another, this is another little podcast insight that some people don't know about in general public. When we went to Tennessee, if you remember that video, the beast went with us. Right. While I was there, I went and talked to a local paint and body shop that I used to work with years ago, back when I restored my dad's 83 Scottsdale and worked on my Volkswagens and stuff. And I said, look, I've got this Land Cruiser. It's got some rust issues and it's continuing to just degrade. Right. What will you charge me to just go in there, cut out the cancer, patch the panels, and give me a basic, just put some paint back on it so mm-hmm. that I know this investment, this long-term build that we've got is going to not degrade any further. Right. And he quoted me a price that made my jaw drop. And I mean, it was inexpensive. Right. And I said, well, if that's your price, 
what's your schedule? And he said, well, when are you leaving? I said, well, I don't know, but I need this thing back pretty quick. So he agreed on 30 days. 362 days later, I get the phone call that, that this thing's ready to come pick up. So what that equates to is I had hoped to get a phone call that said, hey, your Land Cruiser is painted. Come and get it. Then I would not have to have bought another vehicle. I could right. drive that sucker to work, no AC, whatever, whatever it took. We were mm-hmm. in survival mode, ready to do it. And it was never ready. And so finally after, what was it, about three months of doing this whole single vehicle thing for a while, it was time to move on. It was time to get something. And at the same time, we knew that the Forerunner was getting a lot of age on it. So we were at 140000 back then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're looking to the future going, hey, we're doing this travel thing. We absolutely love it. We need a vehicle that's going to carry us into the next five years, into the next 10 years. And so having something that had better towing capacity was going to help us out in the long run. And so that's why we, we went down this road of even investigating whether or not we should get, you know, a GX. And then we started looking at prices. And we're like, oh, okay, well, that's that's not as bad. You know, the Forerunners paid off. Right. The Turtlebacks paid off. Yep. The only thing that we were in debt for was the stinking RV. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we get a lot of questions about, hey, how can you afford to do this or that? Rule number one, have as little debt, if not zero debt, if possible. Live within your means. Live below your means. If you want to truly travel and adventure, live way below them. We lived in a fifth wheel camper yeah, for, for three, three years. years on a guy's ranch. And he didn't charge us rent. We just shared the electrical because, mm-hmm. you know, we were just sitting in a spot on his ranch. And we packed it away so that we could get ourselves into a position to do that. I'll probably do it an entire podcast one day just talking about how we got into a position financially, mm-hmm. how we developed all these little tiny income streams, like all these little things that we do outside of the YouTube channel itself right. that kind of feed into this. And we'll, we'll talk about that in more detail. But when you don't have a lot of bills, you can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so when it was time to buy another vehicle, it wasn't like this, oh my gosh, just this heavy thing on our on our shoulders. We could afford it. Right. And so we did it. And we knew that it was an investment Mm -hmm. for the future. Not just only for the future. It was an investment for the channel because, hey, when we started this YouTube channel, the Forerunner was basically built. Yeah. So we didn't get to share that whole process Uh of, hey, the next thing we're going to put on is going to be sliders. Here's why it should probably be the second or third thing you put on your vehicle. Like, we didn't get to tell that story. And here's why we picked this brand. Exactly. So when we kind of showed up on the scene, the Forerunner was pretty much done. done. The yeah. Turtleback was there. Like, mm-hmm. it was just what this it was. This is who we are. This yeah. is who we are. And so now we finally get to back up mm-hmm. and tell that story as we build out the GX. And that's what I'm really excited about because, like, maybe you guys have picked up on this, but I love educating people. Mm-hmm. I just love... Walk them through the process. I love helping them decide on their builds. Like, you know, our patrons, they have a special email address. They know they can email me at any time, and I usually respond within the hour. Sometimes it takes me a day or two, depending on where I'm at. But I love getting those questions and helping them walk through the decision process for whatever the next upgrade might be or where they want to go and travel and and giving them some campsites and suggestions and things like that. Like, I'm just passionate about equipping people to go out and do that. And Mm -hmm. so 
last year was all about inspiring. Last year was all about travel and, and having a good time and, and just giving you guys a visual idea of what overland travel could look like right. for a family specifically, but individuals as well. This year is a balance. This season two is supposed to be a balance between inspiration and education. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're trying to transition into using the GX as that catalyst for walking you through the processes and why we, why we do what we do. And also to show a lot of lessons learned. Like there's some things that we did in the forerunner that I wouldn't necessarily want to repeat in the GX as well. Okay. Like we were super heavy. Yeah. Like the gear that we carried and stuff was super heavy. And I already know that we're going to be heavy in certain things in the GX, but I think that we can really trim down and really finesse those add-ons and mods and stuff that we're going to do. So definitely, yeah, I think that's what I'm most excited about (laughs) when it comes to the GX. And I feel like I'm a bit derailed now because I just went off on this tangent about how excited I am to (laughs) tell the story of, of the build process. What were we even talking about? Uh, you were talking about how, uh, how we bought it and why did we decide to buy it? Right. Right. So anyhow, to tie a little bow on that whole rabbit trail, the reason that we ended up with the GX was purely out of necessity, but we also wanted to utilize it to tell our story. Another story. Mm-hmm. And to educate and, and show people, hey, here's an amazing platform. Might not be for you. That's fine. But you can take these principles that we're about to put into this rig and apply those to your own build. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and also, too, like not just that our viewers are going along on this process totally honesty here uh, it's a huge learning curve for me Mm. you know i it's like i've i enjoy overlanding and camping and and traveling um but the gear side and the i don't want to say like the vehicle side but the gear side right was never my like forte sure not my super interest right I, like visually if you're like sarah do you like this bumper or this bumper i could tell you mm, i like the way this one looks better mm-hmm. you know like if you were asking me to help you pick something you know um but for the most part like you know when you were building out the forerunner you were building it out with your preferences with your ideas and you know this time around it's all right sarah this is your rig what do you want to have on it well, I want to have this, this, and that, and that, you know, and what are my expectations? Like I have a, a specific expectation mm-hmm. for a few things on the vehicle that I am relentless on <laughs> that you've tried to talk me out of a couple times. Well, and uh, you know, an honesty time is like, yes, this is Sarah's bill, but she's also like we, it's been a joint effort yeah. in, in making the decisions because I'll be honest, like I wanted to go, here's your rig and literally have her come back with part numbers. This is what I want to do. And it didn't work out that way. No, like I'm just not that type of person. Well, and, and like you, that's not you, my strength. You don't have that background. You don't like, you, you weren't there yet. Yeah. And so it took us a, a bit of back and forth to finally figure out where that balance was. And so what it turned into was, okay, let me give you some options. Yes. And here's some options in bumpers. Here's some options in winches. Here's some options in this and that. And so, 
that's kind of been how you've been cutting your teeth. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to talk through, you know, the reasons for one over the other, like the sliders. We went back and forth oh, on sliders so much mm-hmm. and finally ended up with, with the ones that we've got coming right now. But yeah, that's, that's kind of been a whole learning process for us as a husband and wife too, is, yeah. you know, the level of involvement and the um, communication that it takes to help each other understand. Sure. So yeah, anyhow, I think that we just found a really good balance when it came to working together to to figure out the next the next mod. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so I think it, like as of today, literally as of today, we've got probably the next stage figured out, and it's it's going to be on its way here in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. So all right, so let's talk a little bit about the specifics of what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've already installed, like we said, the Icon Stage Four suspension. Yep. Um, we've installed the fuel nitro bronze wheels, which mm-hmm. are just gorgeous, Beautiful. by the way. What a, just, mm, great choice. So good. Yeah. With and a KM3, 28570 R17s, low range E's, just an absolute perfect combination with those wheels. Definitely. Just knocked it out of the park. I didn't expect them to look as good as I did. I didn't either. And like when you told me you wanted the KM3s, I'm like, uh, but do we? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So it was it was time to say, all right, we're stepping up to the plate. Mm-hmm. We're not just going halvesies on the KO twos. Right. You know, road. Might as well have road. a different type of tire. Just try something new. Yeah. You know, so we can talk about it and see, you know, if it, all the hype is what it really is. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, nose so, dive right into that. Right. So what are some of the things that are coming in the mail, babe? All right. So. <laughs> On deck. Mail time. There you go. Pep Boys um, reached out to us, and I, I think we've kind of talked about this in some of our patron updates, but for the podcast listeners, Pep Boys reached out to us several months ago. Um, actually, one of the guys who worked for Pet Boys and makes the calls for Pet Boys is a patron, mm-hmm. and he knew that this build was coming up, and he reached out to us and said, hey, we're looking at, bringing in all this overland gear into the Pet Boys realm, the the Pet Boys Speed Shop specifically. Right. We see that there's a need. We see that this community is growing, but we need to get the word out. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to help get you guys set up on this GX and just basically say, hey, we got it at Pet Boys. Yep. And that's pretty much it. Um, we talked a bit about sponsorship, but as you guys know, we want to be – sponsored by our viewers so that we can continue to give this unbiased opinion opinion on all these different things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I say unbiased, you can't be purely unbiased because we've used stuff in the past and it's worked. And so, yes, there is a bias there. But to be able to sit there and say how we really feel without having some contract over our head saying, oh, you're not going to say this, you will say this, and you'll post X amount of times a month. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't have... Any contracts like that on any product that says share this, say this, do this, do that, hashtag Mm -hmm. none of that. Right. You send us our product, we test it, we try it, we review it. If there's a problem, we'll let them talk to you. We'll talk to the the manufacturer and we'll say, Hey, here's what we see, here's some improvements you can make. We'll do that. We're Mm -hmm. not just gonna like throw people under the bus. Um, because that's that's a whole process of learning to improve your products. We've never really had anything that we've had to do that with, but I'm just saying, like, people that send us things know ahead of time that that's 
that's what the process is going to be. And so right. Pet Boys is such a great fit for us because they sell multiple different brands. Mm-hmm. And so... So there's budget options and just There's budget options. options there's for... high-end options, but also from the review perspective, like we can still review it and say, well, we got this from Pet Boys, but they've got this other brand that might be a better fit. fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was not much conflict of interest there. And so we told them, we don't want to be sponsored, but here's what we want to do. We want you to create either a discount code or a special account or something like that where our viewers slash listeners can call up Pet Boys and order an Icon Stage 4 or whatever it is and say, put that on the Lifestyle Overland account. Mm-hmm. And then you get pretty significant discounts. You know, the the numbers that we've talked about on some of these different products are pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be, you know, a percentage across the board because some stuff has different margins. Right. You know, they're going to be selling like high-end free, like they're going to be selling Snowmaster. That's awesome. They're going to be selling 23-0. They're going to be selling like all of these brands that we know and trust and have used i'm so freaking it's gonna be excited. a one-stop shop it really is i mean that's just awesome it really is so um they are still setting up a new system so that they can process that so as soon as that comes as soon as that goes live we'll be letting you guys know hey uh katie, Go shop now. yeah katie bar the door here here comes everybody but if you get on pet boys website as of today which it's february of 2020 you're not going to be able to find some of this stuff. Just like I said, they're they're working through populating their new computer system and stuff like that. So it is coming, and I am freaking excited about it, but it's not here yet. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, we have an ARB front bumper yep. coming from Pet Boys. We have a Smitty built, I think it's a 12K, 12,000 pound X20 inch, which is their waterproof version. Um, we have, <laughs> I didn't tell you this yet. Oh. We have a Safari snorkel. Oh, yep. okay. Yep. We have um, Old Man Emu 2899 Rear Springs. Nice. Yeah. So if I'm criticizing, I don't know if I'm criticizing or critiquing the Icon suspension, the springs that come in those kits are made to be pretty plush. Mm-hmm. And you start adding weight, like a bumper, and all the other armor that we're going to be putting on, it starts to sag pretty quick. And then you slap a trailer on top of that. Yeah. Um, it doesn't take long. Yeah. And you're blinding everybody. Yeah. So that's why we're going straight to the old man emu 2899s. I don't recommend you putting heavy springs on early in your build if you're not putting extra weight in there anytime soon because they'll rattle your teeth out. Yes. But we also have a Kmar Australian rear bumper on the way. So Mm -hmm. we know that we're going to have that weight coming. Yeah. We know that we have a Snowmaster in the works as well. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also going to design. A storage storage system similar to what we have in the Forerunner as well. Uh And then you mentioned earlier today some other stuff, right? Yeah. So I I just got off the phone with Corey at um, Victory 4x4 Uh up in, I think they're in Michigan. Um, I've always had my eye on some of their products because they they do a really good job at their marketing. Their website is really slick. Like they have install videos literally like right on the page with the stuff. They're very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, if you put out good videos and you're in tune with your customers and making sure that they're not just getting a bag of parts right. and you're also, like, showing you how to put this stuff together, 
that speaks volumes to me being a creator as well. And so um, they've been on my radar for a while. And so I, I basically just filled out one of their um, partnership forms or whatever on their website. And um, yeah, I got on the phone with them today and they're going to be sending us uh, these sexy, sexy sliders. <laughs> like they look like running boards, but they're steel. Right. And they have rock lights built into them. That's going to be so nice. Oh, yeah. And then we've also got aluminum skid plates coming, which is a first for us. We're still running I the know. factory skids on the Forerunner. <laughs> Look at us growing up. Oh, man. That thing is beat to heck, too. And um, then we've also got a, a Victory 4x4 roof rack on the way as well. Sweet. So, yeah. I mean, shoot. We're already well ahead on, on this next phase of the build. Absolutely. It's just going to be the little pieces, you know, the electronics. And we'll be doing probably a DC to DC charger. We'll probably do um, a ham radio, which, by the way. I got to take my test for That's right. And, um, yeah, just kind of finessing. Uh, I will say, and this will probably just kind of segue us straight into our next little discussion here, is things that we dislike. Right. So... With this runtime that we've had using the GX, mm-hmm. we've obviously developed a few things that we wish were a bit different. Yes. No vehicle is perfect. No. I will say the first thing, and this wasn't on my list, it just reminded me when I started talking about electronics. Okay. There's only one 12-volt oh. socket in the whole stupid thing. Yes. Come on, Lexus. Are you kidding me right now? So, Even you, the USB chargers, though. Doesn't even it? It like keeps your phone from dying. It's like a quarter amp. Yeah, but it doesn't charge. Right. Yeah. It's it's flat out ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That was a big big oversight. Yes. By the Lexus team, so we'll be adding a lot of uh, Qualcomm three point speedy chargers um, in multiple locations. Good thing you're an well. electrician. That is my background. That's right. So I'm going to be adding a lot of USB charge ports and a few 12-volt charge ports throughout the the whole thing. Pretty doggone quick. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. I'd appreciate that. Yeah, because they suck. Yes. They absolutely suck. So what what are some of your beefs? What what are some of your complaints about it? Probably the very first thing that I noticed was I hate the backup camera. (laughs) It's kind of ridiculous. I don't know if like it just the lens won't stay clean. Is maybe there's condensation in there? No, here's what it is. And I I, I watched this happen the other night. There's you know, like you have your license plate. Uh-huh. There's lights that come on next to the camera when you put it in reverse. Not just your reverse lights, but oh. like up in there and because it's a white vehicle, it just radiates. Yeah. The white like people we've even gone like into the the system and like turn down the brightness because mm-hmm. we're like oh well maybe that's the problem it's it still, still doesn't terrible. matter yeah yeah well it's not gonna matter when the Kmart bumper goes on because it's gonna relocate it's gonna cover, it yeah. anyhow it's gonna relocate it oh relocate it yeah okay Similar. just like you did on the forerunner right okay right all right well so that problem's gonna get fixed that's right um my next beef is I'm so used to the forerunner. Uh-huh. And everything has a knob. Right. Or a button. Or a button. It's yeah. all very manually changed. Right. And on the Lexus, there are a few buttons, 
but I would probably say 80% of it is digitally changed and push. Uh, yeah. Touchscreen. Right. Changed. Yeah. Right. And so like there's a button for like climate. Okay. I want to see what the outside temperature is. I got to push climate, then look on the screen. Well, if I want to change like how fast the air is blowing on me, I got to push climate. Then I got to push another button to get down to where I can go to the fan and turn it up or turn it down. If I want to do the rear for Caroline, I have to push a whole other button Mm -hmm. to go to a whole other setting to control the rear. Right. Whereas in the forerunner, if you don't want the fan blasting on you, you just gently reach over to the right and turn it down. Yeah. You don't even have to look. Yeah. And so like my biggest thing is I'm almost like, I feel like I almost have to pull over sometimes (laughs) to adjust multiple things. And it's, it's not very intuitive the way they've laid out, the locations of all those controls here. Right. Like it's it's cumbersome. Now I will say, and I don't know if it's any better or not, but there's a company, it's like Phoenix Electronics or something like that, who makes a whole console replacement that turns it into this massive Android tablet. Like, you know, like the Teslas have that big massive yeah. tablet in there. Don't know if that would be a better solution, but it'd be fun to play with. Sure. Right now I'm going to say negatory. But well, and that's my biggest fear is like if you're in Death Valley and you're running an Android tablet controlling your AC and it craps out, right? That's a bit scary, yeah. But on the same token, you're running a Toyota touchscreen tablet, it could also crap out as well. So we'll uh, have to do some more research on it, we'll that. do some more research on it. But yeah, the whole touchscreen navigation thing is just. It's really behind the times. It's really clunky. So that is that is one of the one of the downsides. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, like everyone loves those seats. Like everyone I talk to is like, oh yeah, you got some plush seats in there now, and how you like that AC on your butt and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I I love cloth seats. I think cloth seats are like they're the best for like regulating your body temperature and your back sweat and your butt sweat and all that yep. kind of stuff. And, you know, their solution was to put perforated leather in there mm-hmm. and make them heated and make them cooled. <sighs> Meh. Yeah. Meh. Honestly, like, I only like the heating version. Yeah. The cooling, like, yeah, it's cool. But, like, in the summer, my legs were still sticking to the seats. Yeah. You see, know, like, it didn't really make that much of a difference. Right. So I, not a, like... People are like, oh, you bought that for the luxury. I'm like, I don't really care. Like, Mm-mm. I prefer cloth seats. I prefer buttons. I prefer knobs. I bought this because I want the power. And yeah. I want the six-speed and all this other stuff. Not impressed by the luxury. I'm not. Is there anything about the luxury that just dazzles you? No, not dazzles me. Okay. I mean, I will say the nice thing with leather is with Caroline, uh, cleanup is easier. Right. That's true. That's so. very true. But with perforated leather, you get particles stuck <laughs> yeah. in the seat. We do need to get a rear seat cover to put on there for her just to kind of keep the the crumblies out. The goldfish and the gum. And the, the goldfish and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Snacks. Yeah. So, yeah, like it is a luxury vehicle, but give me leather seats and push buttons and knobs all day long. Personally. You mean fabric seats. Did I say that? You said leather seats. Sorry. Fabric seats. Push buttons, knobs, all day long. All there. Thank you. I got you. You, I got you, boo. Mm-hmm. I got you. Remember, our communication's getting better. It is. It is. 
All because of this podcast, in fact. There you go. Want to save your marriage, folks? Start, Start a, a podcast. podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, it takes more than that, people. It does. It does. So I want to touch on this really quick because it's it's been a popular topic in some of the comments. The fact that it runs on premium gas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it does get slightly better fuel mileage than the 4Runner does. Take that with a grain of salt. depends on your mods and how much you end up weighing. Right. But you're going to be using premium fuel. Now, there's a whole lot of people who say you, you don't, don't have to. to. Mm-hmm. So take that for what it's worth and do what you want with it. I've accidentally put regular in it when I'm driving because I'm just used to doing that. It didn't change the way that it handled it. It changed the way that it drove. But our rig, it's a 2016. As we bought it with 52,000 miles on it. It now has 62. Yeah, we've put in some miles we've on put it. We've put in some miles on it. We've been putting some miles on her. Um, <laughs> but we bought it because it had a pedigree. We bought it because it had every single oil change, every single service, every single thing that was ever touched on it is documented mm-hmm. on the Carfax. That's why we went that route. Because we if we weren't buying new, we at least wanted to know what happened to it, yeah. where it came from. Exactly. And we sure as crap weren't going to buy a new Lexus. No. So it had to have that pedigree. But the beauty of that is it came as a certified Lexus. Yes. And so we've been a bit conservative making sure that we're still running the 92 and we're, you know, you, you get into this whole weird warranty thing when you mm-hmm. start modifying drivetrain and depending on the dealership, some people are cool with you doing things. Some people are not. So just be mindful of that as you're modding your vehicle. If, if the warranty is super important to you. Maybe err on the side of caution until that thing is up. But we're kind of just going for it yeah, at this we're, point. We're we know we have the pedigree. We know we have the background. That's all we needed to know. And now we're moving forward. Like, it's due an oil change. Yeah. We're supposed to get free service for the next two years. Probably not going to take not it gonna in. Happen. So, yeah. Do your research. Make your own choice about, you know, whether or not you're going to attempt to maintain that, mm-hmm. that warranty. Right. And, you know. Run premium gas. Don't run premium gas. If you don't, let us know how it goes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But, my goodness, to have that power is a trade-off that I'm willing to take because yep. it is a beast. Mm-hmm. It is an absolute beast, and I cannot wait to get that trailer behind it on yeah, some I trails. Just mm-hmm. rock and roll. So, and while we're on the subject of fuel, I forgot about a modification that's actually coming for it. And Sarah's yawning, this massive Ooh. yawn. Ooh, this, Sorry. This campfire is just so cozy. It feels so cozy. And you got the snow falling all around us I right know. now. Just, it's, you know, time to climb up into that tent. Mm. But before we go, we need to talk about one last modification. Yeah. That is the long range automotive from Long Range America, 33 gallon auxiliary fuel tank. This same fuel tank that we just put in the forerunner so y'all if you thought it was expensive to fill up the forerunner <laughs> uh, yeah just wait till you put in 56 gallons of 92 octane in that puppy but now that being said the strategy with a long-range tank is you only fill it up when you need it right you fill it up when you need it otherwise you run with about four to eight gallons in it just for backup like you would with the rotopax. You don't have to run around with all that weight. I right. had so many people 
say, what about all the way? Like we made modifications to the Forerunner. We added the bumpers. We added yeah. the roof rack. We added the storage. We added the fridge. We added the tools. Like no, added, nobody said anything. No one ever that I can remember said, oh, it's going to be too heavy, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. are you doing this or that? Like, and so many people came out and was concerned about the weight that we were adding with the fuel tank. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's just simply because, you know, when you start saying 56 gallons of fuel, yeah, that sticks in your head uh-huh. really quick. And, but here's the thing. It's the only modification that you can put on your vehicle that gets lighter as you drive. Right. <laughs> it doesn't sustain. From the time you pull away from the gas station. It instantly starts getting lighter. It starts lighter. getting lighter. So it's about 230 pounds of fuel. Um, the tank itself only weighs like 35, 40 pounds. Like it is not heavy. Oh, that's good. Um, but yeah, it gets lighter as you go. So top it off, run into California, go have some fun. Yep. Come back across the border, top it back off again. That's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been to like stovepipe wells, you've seen six plus dollars a gallon down there in Death right. Valley. So fill it up in Nevada, go in there and have a blast. And man, I'm not saying... It's going to save you a lot of money because it's an expensive investment mm-hmm. on the front end. Like this is going to only be this is only going to be a mod that certain people want to do for certain circumstances. Right. It's not something we recommend everyone do because it is exponentially more expensive than like a Rotopax, right, or a Jerry can or something like that. So it's probably going to be one of the last things that you do on mm-hmm. your vehicle unless you're the type of person who runs in to California quite frequently or is going to be doing long point-to-point travels. You know, maybe you're going up into the Great White North or whatever. Yeah. There's only going to be a certain group of people that feel a strong enough need to invest that money into that modification. But Mm -hmm. it's going to be awesome to have when we're towing that trailer. Exactly. So that we can just go and go and go. Mm -hmm. All right, so... With that being said, I think we've fairly well covered at least what we've learned about the GX so far. Yeah, but there's there's one thing you touched on, but you didn't go back to. What's that? And I'm sure everybody wants a little bit more information on what is happening with the Beast. Yeah. So, the Beast. Um, so, you mentioned that we took it to Tennessee. Yeah, and I it was there for 362 days. 362 days. Mm-hmm. The beast is currently residing in an undisclosed location. He is back in his lair, he as it like will. He's like a superhero. He is. The beast <laughs> is a superhero. Um, and all the rest has been fixed. Yes. Um, and it has a fresh new paint job on it. That's a beaut. And the fiberglass roof has been fixed as well that's Mm -hmm. a whole other story for another time Mm -hmm. and what i thought was just a budget tape and paint quick and dirty paint job (laughs) turned into something really good amazing so if you're a patron and this is a shameless absolute shameless plug (laughs) if you're a patron there's going to be some pictures that that are going to be showing up um, on the platform here in the near future to kind of give you some ideas of what's coming for probably 2021 mm-hmm. because our focus right now is is the GX and the GX build. The Beast has always been a background thing. You know, right. it's, it's, we basically saved for five years for that mm-hmm. paint job. Yeah. And, and like I said, it was inexpensive. As all. It's stupid how cheap that paint job was. Yeah. 
Um, and we know this is a long-term build. Right. Like we're like, okay, we have the money saved up. Let's take care of that rust. He's going right back into storage. Exactly. So. I mean, it's kind of hard to do that because you want everybody to see it. Oh. But. I, oh, when you, when you, when you freaking see this paint job, when you see the beast revealed in all his glory in the coming years, it's going to knock your socks off. Yeah. Like I, there's a part of me that wants to take it to Expo West. Even though it's a shell, like there's nothing know, inside but of it. It's not like... But no, no, this is the GX's year. So let's not get carried away. Okay. This is the GX's year. Okay. But I think it's encouraging for people to know that not only do we have a new GX build in 2021, 2022. We have a family long-term vintage. We have build. a long-term build that is, is going to kind of peek its head up ever so often until one day it's just going to... Just knock your socks off. <laughs> okay. I love it. I know you do. I just love it. I love it. Love it love I do it. too. So, um, yeah. So with that horrible tease. I know. It's, that's, that's so rude. That's terrible. But but remember, the GX is a beauty of itself. Let's let's continue to focus on on this beautiful build. Yes. And you'll you'll just stay tuned, y'all. It's going to be great. We're not going anywhere. We're continuing on. And the, even the Forerunner, the Forerunner's continuing on. Oh, yeah. We're still doing some things to it. Um, I would love for someone to volunteer to put a supercharger in it. <laughs> Maybe a long travel. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, if gosh. someone just, you know, calls us up and says, hey, guys, we really need someone to test the supercharger. Like, I can't think of anyone. Um, are you busy? <laughs> I would definitely jump all over that. I know you would. But I can't pay for that. No. Sorry. It's okay. Not going to happen. Yeah. Because I bought a Lexus and now I am poor. Right. <laughs> That's right. We lost all our money. Bye, Barbara. <laughs> we can't uh, afford you anymore. Jeez. Yeah. We had to lose the gardener and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, with all that being said, I think that was a fun podcast. I do too. I enjoyed it. I did too. I, I am beyond excited for the GX and mm -hmm. where we're going with this. I am beyond excited to see you involved in making the calls and, and what's coming. Mm -hmm. um, there's some surprises with the components that are on their way. That's right. They're actually going into powder coating first. Mm -hmm. So everyone can start imagining what might be happening there. So there's some surprises. Mm -hmm coming along with those components as well so yeah i'm fired up and it's snowing i know it's freaking snowing let me look outside just hang on y'all let me look oh yeah oh yeah and if you hear that rattling <laughs> that's the aluminum foil that i have over the window to try and control the temperature because this it's is not so the extra. most it's not the most climate controlled double wide we did not get the uh arctic package on this rental. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I like to wear a lot of clothes anyway. And yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed this. What, oh, is this our fourth podcast? It is. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. And I think it's only taken us like three months to put them all out. <laughs> One month. We're getting better people. Well, to be fair, you were sick. True that. A couple times mm -hmm. where we could have been making them and her voice just was not there. No. So, or in the energy. Yeah. So we're hoping to we're hoping to up the frequency of these puppies 
a little bit more. For sure. We have so much to talk about. Like we, our list of podcast ideas continues to grow. Yes. So there are so many ideas coming. If you have any suggestions, feel free to message me on any of our social media platforms like at Lifestyle Overland on Instagram or Facebook or... Or at Mrs. Lifestyle Overland. Hey, y'all. If you're not following at Mrs. Lifestyle Overland on Instagram, I don't know what hole you're in, Mm -hmm. but you should dig out of it and go follow her. That's right. Right now. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. That's great. It's just my perspective. Yeah. Are you going to start sharing some like GX stuff on there too? Sure. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I have some GX pictures on there. Yeah. Let's do it. You know, I mean, if I had somebody who could run my social media for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there is someone who manages social media on the side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's another one of those little secrets that we'll divulge one of these days on how we all make this happen. That's right. All right. Thank you guys again for joining us. We Mm -hmm. hope you've enjoyed this podcast. The fire is starting to run low a little bit. So we're going to climb on up into the tent and call it a night. Good day. Thank you for hanging out with me. You're welcome. I've enjoyed the conversation. Me too. These podcasts are so much fun to make with you. They're so fun to make with you. Yeah. So, all right. Hope you guys are doing incredible wherever you are in the world. We will see you on the next one. Bye.